At the University of Arizona Bio5 Institute, we are focused on tackling complex challenges such as disease, hunger, water and food safety, and other health and environmental issues facing our families, communities, and the world. Bio5 brings together hundreds of multifaceted experts that include world-class scientists, engineers, physicians, and computational researchers in a team science environment designed to creatively solve difficult problems. This approach has resulted in disease prevention strategies, promising new therapies, innovative diagnostics and devices, and improved food crops. Join us each week as we talk about science with researchers, staff, and students from the University of Arizona's Bio5 Institute. Hello and welcome to another episode of Science Talks, a conversation hosted by the University of Arizona's Bio5 Institute. My name is Sean Caden. And I'm Dr. Brittany Ularn. And at the Bio5 Institute, it's our mission to engage and support the next generation of scientists. We do this by providing them with the resources they need to succeed. Today, we're talking with Dr. Michael Johnson, Assistant Professor of Immunobiology and a Bio5 member. Dr. Johnson is actively providing opportunities for students and early career professionals through several mentoring and fellowship programs, both at our university and beyond. Dr. Johnson, it's so great to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. So, so 2019 seems like a long time ago. So uh, long ago. <laughs> <laughs> a few things have happened. Uh, it was your brainchild to, to launch the, the Bio5 Postdoctoral Fellowship. And we've been fortunate enough to have some of the 2021 uh, Bio5 postdocs, uh, uh, two-time award winner, Catherine Rhodes, Dr. Catherine Rhodes, and Dr. Robert Jackson uh, as part of our interview process. And, and, it's, and it's great to hear what their thoughts are on, on being a postdoc awardee and becoming a new researcher and all the things that that entails. So, so talk a little bit about your, your thought process going into providing this kind of opportunity for postdocs? So I know that when I was a graduate student, I had a committee and that was kind of the committee that kind of made or break, you know, broke me as far as whether or not I passed or not. Um, uh, but they were supposed to be, you know, what that committee is really supposed to be is a mentoring committee for, you know, for your science and hopefully for career development as well. Um, and, you know, I talked to a lot of people when I was a graduate student on, you know, how to move forward uh, to get to the next step to, you know, become a PI or maybe something different. It settled on a PI. Well, not really settled, but, you know, <laughs> happy to be here. Yes. Um, but, you know, then, you know, my, I went to my postdoc at St. Jude and, you know, a lot of things happened. And, you know, it's almost like when you're postdoc, you're a mercenary. You're, it's the wild, wild west. You know, it's, there's not really that many, there's not as much structure as there was when you were a graduate trainee. Uh, and then, you know, you move it, you, know, you move past that stage and you end up being a PI. And all of a sudden now as a PI, I have a mentoring committee again that helps me go up for tenure and people, you know, who will help me write grants. And I'm just like, wait a minute, like, what about this middle? What about right. the step that was kind of in the middle? Um, I wrote a NIH fellowship when I was a, in um, a postdoc. I didn't get it. Uh, got pretty decent scores for both times, but, you know, didn't get it. And you're supposed to have, like, mentoring for that, right? And I'm just like, why should you only need mentoring when you're really, you know, trying to uh, go for this very, very specific grant? 
And even then it's just kind of like you and your mentor. And sometimes you have like some random person, if your mentor is super junior, like, you know, mine was, or like, you know, I am when people from my laboratory apply. Um, but that was really it. It was like your mentor, like one random person that you, you, you promised to meet with, you know, maybe quarterly. And that's really, you know, that's really it. I'm just like, well, that's not really the same level of mentoring I received as a graduate trainee, and nor is it the same level of mentoring I receive as a postdoc. But nevertheless, you, I would still benefit from that particular mentorship as a postdoc. And I wish I had had it. I wish I, you know, I, I did make my network and, you know, and did, but that was kind of like the first major thing uh, that went into the Bio5 postdoctoral fellowship idea saying we can incorporate mentorship into this particular award. Now, the second thing was something called the Matthew effect, right? So I don't know if you know about the Matthew effect, but it's basically, you know, once you start getting money, more people will give you money. Like once you start, once you get an award, more people <laughs> will start giving you more awards. And another thing that uh, actually happened to me when I was uh, earlier in my career is I went up for this award and I was like a runner up. I was like really close to getting the award. Mm -hmm. And it was for like this two to three year fellowship. And I said, wouldn't it have been great if instead of the two to three year fellowship, you kind of broke it up and helped more people. That way you could support them getting more outside funding. And they were like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then they kept that two to three year fellowship, it, you know, and not <laughs> my idea. So Bummer. I was like, okay, now, you know, when I rule the world, I'm going to have a mm -hmm. mentorship thing and I'm going to, you know, see if I can get people, you know, uh, pay postdocs. Wait a minute, I don't have any money. How can I actually do Which that? is a challenge. I mean, like, 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 yeah, I want to make a postdoctoral fellowship program with one, mm -hmm. like, who, I mean, like, mm -hmm. how, how do you get funding to do that? You know, like, you can't really go to the NSF, NIH, you know, that had to come from institutional funds. So cue Dr. Barton, you know, I, I went to her and I said, you know, as I had done in the past, actually, I said, hey, I got a crazy idea. And she's like, what is it this time? Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she, 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 you know, I think she's she's been very kind and entertaining some of my uh, my uh, wild and outlandish kind of ideas. But this one, she actually said, "Hey, that's actually a pretty good idea." You know, like mm -hmm. let let you know, let's talk about that. Let's cultivate it. What what do you think that would look like? So I wrote like up a report, and she came back to me and said, "Well, here's some money to do it." And I was like, "Wow!" You know, my eyes got big. <laughs> like, wait you're giving me this much money to run this program. Like we can have all these awards and give them out to people. This is awesome. This is and when you, this is when you and I met. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> here's some money and here's a guy that's going to help you spend the money. Pretty much. And I'm just kind of like, so now I'm on the, like, now I'm on the hook for running a postdoctoral fellowship program. Mm -hmm. Had I ever done that? No. Do I, have I ever run a program like that? No. And I'm like basically saying, oh, we can do this. We can do this. And, you know, you know, you, you and, um, and others in BioFi were just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like there's all these, there's all these things that you have to do when things, when money is involved. There's like, you know, well, how are you going to hold people accountable? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? I'm like, right. wasn't having the idea enough? I'm done. See ya. No, <laughs> no. See, see, this is the thing about Bio5. It's like when you do a really good job about something, you get more work. <laughs> It's a compliment. It really it is. is a compliment. I, it's, oh, yeah. It does may not feel like a compliment, but it's like you have a great idea. So here you go. And we're going to ask a whole bunch of questions and, and have higher expectations. And, and from from a standpoint of the 
on the on both sides, like on the financial side, uh, we've been really lucky that the postdocs have taken the idea and have forged relationships with, you know, Dr. Dr. Jackson uh, was a great example because he contacted me and said, hey, I wanna know how budget works. For the first time ever, somebody's asking me that kind of question. And I was so impressed. I, I was very impressed with him and I'm like, absolutely. Because we're all here to help. We, right. want, we want these, these postdocs to succeed. And, and for people who are curious and they wanna know all the different elements, that's what it's like to be a researcher. You need exactly. to be able to know all these different things, things that you probably thought, that's not what I got my PhD in. But if you want to be a researcher running your lab, you have to wear a lot of different hats. A lot of different hats. Mm -hmm. Well, and even just despite all the, you know, logistical challenges maybe on your part, right? Never having run something like this before, not knowing exactly what to do with all this money. I think this program has been immensely successful. We've had... Mm -hmm. I believe 24 now um, funded postdocs. They Three have years. gone on to receive other awards. Um, so the Matthew effect is definitely in effect for lack of better <laughs> words. Um, and I know they're greatly benefiting from their mentoring and they're on the right track to whatever career um, you know, is next for them, whether that's an academic position, industry or something else. So I think it's been a really great success so far. And I think we're all excited to see how it grows in the future. Yeah, I am too. And I think that, you know, you, you kind of brought up a very good point saying that a lot of them have gotten awards, you know, you know, more funding going on to different positions. And, you know, you, whenever you give somebody money, you know, you, you do it for a specific purpose. You know, if, if I am investing in something with my money, then I'm doing it because I want that thing to grow. But, you know, so, but there's also the, I'm investing my money because I want to see a good return on my investment, mm -hmm. right? And I think for this particular program, I think we've been very fortunate in having both. You know, I think the university has gotten a great return on its investment with, you know, some of the indirects that people have gotten for their new grants and awards mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, you know, in one particular example, somebody, you know, they, they submitted an award and they said, well, it'd be great if you had more institutional support or more preliminary data, this, uh, this fellowship helped them get that data and then they got the award. So, mm -hmm. I mean, like it's, it's, you, you see it, you know, very sequentially on exactly. how this particular uh, program can really aid uh, postdocs here at U of A, which is, I'm, I'm, I'm just very happy to even be a part of it. Well, we are very grateful you started it. <laughs> the driving force in it really because i mean right. it does take somebody to have an idea but the fact that when we started asking you for assistance on helping us keep that idea moving forward you returned our phone calls and our emails so we appreciate that too yeah. <laughs> because because there's a lot of people that could have the idea and say oh man i you know let somebody else do it, but you've yeah. been you've been the point person on that, and for that we are very we're very thankful for this partnership for sure. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where you just you you see something that you really want done, right? Like you you have an inkling, like if I you want to do something, you know, even if it's like at your house, it's like, man, you know, it'd be really good some spaghetti, and <laughs> you have in your kitchen some noodles, some, you know, ground beef, some tomato sauce, you all, you have all the ingredients, but you're like, eh, I'm going to order a burger. Like, right. eh, it's like, you know, 
but what you really want to, you know, so this program is like something that I really wanted and I had a hunger for actually making it work and, you know, seeing it to the end and just like, well, are you ever really happy if you get a burger and you really want spaghetti? No, you like, you get that, you get that, you know, you make mm -hmm. the spaghetti, you add your seasoning, you know, you do the, you know, the um, salt bay thing and mm -hmm. you, you eat and you're all happy and you, you know, it just, it makes you feel better that you contributed something that you had a vision for and you, that you didn't stop short. Um, and to be able to have that vision materialize with the support of the bio five has been, um, it's been, it's been great. It, I mean, it, it really, it really means a lot to me to be able to kind of see things like that through and really help those postdocs on the back end. Well, I want to talk about another vision of yours. Um, so the Bio5 Postdoctoral Fellowship is not your only brainchild. Um, <laughs> last summer, you and another Bio5 member, Dr. David Valtris, teamed up with Dr. Jennifer Gardy at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to launch what you all call the Microbial Matchmaking Program, or the National Summer Undergraduate Research Project, lovingly known as NSERP. Um, so tell us more about what this program is and where the idea came from when you launched it last year. <laughs> sure. This was another one of those. Uh, imagine now running an, a program like this, but now without funding, right? And this was kind of like the, the next challenge, if you will. Um, so undoubtedly, COVID stopped a lot of things, right? And um, one of the things that they put a stop to were summer research programs. Um, and a lot of undergraduates use those summer research programs as the basis for applying to graduate school or getting you know, graduate training or at least going to a post-bac program. It's basically a stepping stone for them getting uh, to get into uh, a STEM field. Now, a lot of these summer research programs just due to um, you know, general access and you know, opportunities that other people have had are really focused on helping people who are underrepresented in STEM. And that can either be uh, ethnicity or race, that could be first gen, that can be a lot of different factors. So you have that kind of going on. And, you know, I had like a summer student who I was working with and, you know, she was supposed to come here and I was like, oh no, and, you know, and she was, I met her at the annual biomedical conference for minority students, which is Abercam's uh, last year. And I was like, you have to work in my lab. And I was very excited to have her, but she couldn't come here. And I was just like, that's kind of was, you know, the initial spark for, you know, like this is a need right now. Mm -hmm. So the other thing that was happening was there were a lot of racial tensions that were happening in, uh, in the US uh, last, uh, last, uh, last uh, spring. And you know, it, can, it has a way of eating at you in some very negative manner. You know, like, and it just, you know, you, there's confusion, there's fear, there's anger. Uh, there's a lot of emotions that just run through all of those things that you see on the news. And those things start to take over some of the space in your brain for doing science or doing other things until you find some kind of outlet to release that energy and kind of like have something that you, you know, that you can at least change that negative energy into something positive. So on June 2nd of last year, 
I said, wouldn't it be cool if we could have some kind of matchmaking thing for people who are missing out on opportunities um, to mentors? Now, I, I just randomly talked to Jennifer Gardy like for the first time ever. And we, you know, and we had talked for like an hour and she, cause she asked me to be on like some committee for American Society for Microbiology. And I said, um, I'm not really gonna be able to do that uh, for the next year because I'm going up for tenure. By the way, I have this really crazy idea that I wanna run by. She was just, <laughs> I was like, what if we could kind of like match people together to like to do these research opportunities and it would be virtual. And she's just like, that sounds awesome. Um, and I talked to Dave Baltrist and we kind of, you know, went about it. And so two days later, we had our first meeting. Um, five days later, I bought the website and we had it populated. Um, wow. So by June, let's see, what is that? June 14th, June, no, June 13th or June 14th. I forget which one it is. That's when we went live with our application portal and me kind of giving a message to people saying, if you're we want buy-in from your community. If you're saying that you're an ally, then help this population of students uh, get research opportunities. So 11 days later and yeah. you have, wow. So we're like, if we help 20 people, that's cool, right? We're, right. we're you know, um, and we're like, it's, it's already, you know, we're already really into the summer. So I'm like, well, we need to have this application portal open for like five days and then match over the weekend and then start it on the following Monday. We were insane. So I'm like, okay, we can do that with like 20 or so people. We can do that. Okay. But the first day, like we had like 50 applications. <laughs> the second day we had like 50 more applications. And by the end of the, by the end of that week, June 19th, which, which happened to be my 15th wedding anniversary, <laughs> um, we had somewhere around 250 applications and 100 mentors sign up. And wow. again, that was insane. It's like, what have I done? <laughs> it's like, well, we could have like, you know, like, what, what, how, do, how are we going to do this? How are we going to match? So we had like tried to match people by interest, by time zones. We, you know, like we, we were up into the wee hours of the morning, try to match people's, uh, you know, uh, likes and dislikes, you know, with people. And, you know, so our first cohort was, you know, 132 or something like that. Um, uh, we, we, we I targeted it first for BIPOC, but opened it up for a Latinx as well, because we had, we just had that many mentors who bought into it. Right. And this was for microbiology. That was kind of the discipline. I'm glad I didn't open it up to any other disciplines because, um, you would have you know, been swamped been, with requests. <laughs> yeah. Swamped indeed. Um, so, you know, middle of the summer, we had another cohort come in, um, you know, midway. So we had a total of 250 underrepresented minority undergraduates, uh, all doing virtual research with a mentor, about 170 or 180 different mentors. Um, some mentors had more than one uh, student. By the end of the summer, we had them do uh, some, uh, some presentations. So on our website, we have about 170 out of the 250 people that participated uh, did a uh, did a presentation and we were able to give them kind of like $100 awards for like the top 12 or top 15 presentations. We had an essay contest, you know, cause uh, um, which, you know, how, how can you, um, um, you know, uh, it was like the John Lewis essay contest, you know, basically, you know, using his principles uh, to, you know, how, how would you use, you know, his life to inspire uh, change in STEM. Um, 
We gave away fold scopes, which are these like citizen science microscopes, got people memberships to ASM so they could go to the ASM micro meeting. Uh, some of the people ended up going to different conferences like Abercamps the next year and getting poster and presentation awards, which was also nice. Um, and then it was just kind of like, wow, that was great. And then people start asking, are you going to do it again? Are you going to do it again? <laughs> and I'm like, do you realize that we did this whole thing on a budget of like $3,000 from literally community and personal donations? Um, the person that we had who was helping us a little bit with administration is now gone. Um, <laughs> I will be going up for tenure. Um, and like, I won't have like, with what time? But it was one of those things where it's just like, for something like this, for the amount of people that we help, you have to make time. Um, so in January, it was nice. Um, well, actually, February, it was just kind of like, you know, I have that, uh, I have it actually have it in my talk. If you ever seen uh, Endgame, when it's like, on, you know, when Captain America standing there, it's like on your left, and all of a sudden the portals open. Well, that's yeah. kind of what happened with people wow. wanting to give me money for this per program. Wow. You know, like, you know, the REIR from uh, REII, you know, for 50 grand here. Um, um, the uh, Provost Award uh, for 128, you know, uh, grand to help me have an admin so I don't lose my mind and emails from 250 undergrads <laughs> and, you know, like that many uh, mentors as well. And then the NSF came through with a rapid award uh, for about 200 grand. To so now we can pay the students in the program. Wow. Last year, we didn't pay them. So this wow. year, we're paying them for eight weeks full time. We also added computational immunology as a discipline um, so that we can kind of, you know, uh, we're, we're so that we can grow. And, you know, we, we had a really successful, a lot of people uh, um, actually applied to the program where, you know, and, you know, uh, did some matching and we're, we're ready for this. We're ready for NSERP 2021 to really uh, take off. Yeah, it's incredible to hear about all the support that you're getting to continue this program um, and expand it and to be able to provide these students with even more benefits and opportunities than your first cohort, Scott. Um, it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, well, the, the ability to, we're going to have, hopefully, uh, we, we have about 50, uh, students in the program. Uh, we're still kind of waiting for some last minute matches to, you know, people to agree and all that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're happy to be able to say we can pay them full time for the eight weeks. Uh, so that, you know, and it, again, well, well, everybody else will hopefully, you know, go back to in person. Uh, the mission of this program is to actually stay virtual. Um, when we, when we did this program, it was to like help people who missed out on programs. But when we did a survey after the first year, uh, the thing that we found out was 33% of the people in the program would not have been able to travel in the first place. Right. And an additional 25% were unsure. So right. when everything goes back to normal, they're still going to be left out. So our exactly. mission is to stay virtual and help those particular students uh, so that they can achieve their dream of, on a career in STEM. And, you know, I, I feel like when I'm listening to you talk, you should probably, whenever you start a sentence off with, I have this crazy idea, <laughs> you should think about how much time you have <laughs> to fit in more crazy ideas. Because it sounds like, I mean, they're brilliant ideas, but... But unfortunately, it's like, man, you're, it's like no good deed goes unpunished, you know, it's, but it, I, I, let me just say thank you for being that person out there who, who cares about mentorship. Mentorship is really, really important. And I think uh, I've even, as even from a financial perspective, when, when the postdocs reach out to me, I, I try to remember that. 
uh, that that anybody can provide mentorship. Mentorship is something that you know you're just trying to guide people, keep them on a good path, and make them feel like they're supported. And that's, I mean, like we said in the intro, that's that's what we're here to do. We're here to support research. We're here to support the researchers, and we want to make sure their experiences continues positive because it's not easy. Definitely not easy. It's Definitely not easy not at easy. all. Well, I wanted to ask you, I know we're, we're a little pushed for time here, um, but I did want to ask you real quick. I know you have a really strong social media presence and I've been on your Twitter feed and I, and I'm killing him with copper. <laughs> I, I, I no, probably that's, that's for a later conversation, but I, I, I did appreciate that little, I was like, is that killing me softly with copper or is, is that <laughs> yeah. it, killing heart? I don't know. Well, we, we don't need to go into that, but this is one thing I, I often think about. It's like from a mentorship perspective, when it comes to social media, do you, do you give anybody advice on, you know, on how to use social media as a platform, how to get, like you were saying earlier, some of that, some of that angst and, and negative energy and, and give, it, give it a space so that, you know, we shine a light on areas where, you know, this isn't right. And we want to make sure that people understand this is my perspective and this, this isn't right. And this is why I think it's not right. And, and where are the advocates who want to come together and try to help fight against injustice? Yeah, there's a lot of things that I tell people for, uh, for social media. Um, you know, it's, it's weird because, you know, in, in this day and age, everybody can have a voice, right? And, and everybody can have a voice about anything that they kind of want to talk about whether or not they're qualified or not, which is also a topic for another day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but right. at least with, um, you have the freedom to share things, you know, on these social media platforms, but you also, you know, one of the things that you don't have is freedom from judgment of some of the things that you say. Mm -hmm. So I do tell people, I'm saying, you know, like, look, you can feel free to be you, but know that, you know, when I look up somebody, I look at everything I can find about them. And if they have a social media presence and their social media presence is good, that's a that's a point. But if I find that they're, you know, talking trash about everybody, then maybe that's not a good thing, you know? I, um, so, you know, freedom from, you know, freedom of speech is not freedom from judgment, which is like the first thing that I tell people uh, with their social media accounts. And also, you know, it's like if I there's no need to repeat something that has been said or beaten to death by so many other people. Like if, you know, make sure that you're positively adding to the conversation. If you're gonna shed light on something, then, you know, shed light, give some information about it so that people can actually make informed decisions. Um, memes aren't always the way to go when trying to disseminate information. Right. Um, source, uh, citing sources is important, especially as, you know, being a scientist, that's something that, uh, uh, we, we try and push. I mean, the occasional mean, you know, and, you know, my gift game's on point, but, you know, like, we, right. you, you have to be able to cite your source there. Um, but, so, and, but the, you know, going to, you know, the heart of your question, sometimes you, you do have to choose your battles. And, and in that, sometimes that means turning it off so that you don't continuously doom scroll uh, for on, you know, for various things. And, you know, sometimes you need to take a break and that's absolutely positively fine. Uh, so I guess those are kind of the things that, you know, that I, I, I do try and tell people. And, you know, like it's what what science Twitter, at least for me, is supposed to be is supposed to be a community of support. So let's do our best to make it that. I mean, all the mentorship ideas that I have in the program, in the bio five postdoctoral fellowship program, the NSERP, um, all of those mentorship ideals 
can be this or you know I would want to be distilled in this particular platform. So let's use it for that instead of all the negative crap that could actually really you know that does happen on the platform. Um, right. Let's let's use it as a tool for our bidding and not as a tool for uh, negativity. Yeah, I think those are fantastic suggestions. I know myself personally and professionally as a communicator, I found that it's important to use social media with intention and with purpose. And so if we can all use it to educate and uplift and bring something new, um, then I think it can be beneficial. But yeah, it's just about um, making sure you're being intentional about what you are saying. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Not thank you. Thank you again, Dr. Johnson, for talking with us today. Um, we are really excited to hear more about how this summer's insert program goes, and we will be excited to meet the new class of postdoctoral fellows coming up in the next um, year. So thank you again for joining us. Thank you so uh, much, Dr. Johnson. Again, thanks for having me. And I, I will say, if you want more information about the NSERP program, uh, if you visit uh, NSERP.org, we'll have, we have all that information present on how you can also uh, be a supporter of the program. Perfect. And we will be sure to put the link below for anybody who wants to check out the site and support the program. Um, so thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on another episode of Science Talks. For more information about the Bio5 Institute, please visit our website at bio5.org. And from all of us at the Bio5 Institute, we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you. To our audience for tuning in to another episode of Science Talks. Continue the conversation with us next time as we learn more about the science happening at the University of Arizona's Bio5 Institute.